welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. Each week it's games, news, and more from the classics to the current gen as we explore gaming's infinite ever-changing landscape. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. You know, I don't usually like strawberry things, but lately I've been on a kick with strawberry things. Uh, strawberry's fine. I'm not a fan of grape flavor anything, uh, and that's just from I, the extent... I love grape flavor, but yeah, I get that's that. the extent of taking really nasty grape flavor medicine as a child so many times that the taste of artificial grape is just... I don't like it. It, it, it makes me just like, yeah, in my mouth. So that's why you weren't, like, the biggest fan of the Pitch Black Mountain Dew then, huh? Yeah. The only thing that grape flavor that I really like is the Grape Sprite, but that's about it. Because it's oh, grape Sprite, Sprite is really first. Good. But, like, three flavors that I, like, inherently don't like. Actually, four. I'll say four. Pineapple. Cannot stand pineapple. I love pineapple. Banana flavor. See, you I know mean, what, I you know what's cannot interesting? stand. It's the tropical fruits. It's 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 pineapple, pineapple's and delicious, and coconut. Oh, that's, that's like <laughs> that's probably like my favorite fruit. Um, I was gonna say banana. Well, you know what's interesting about banana flavored or like artificial candy flavored banana? I don't know if you know this, but banana flavor, the flavoring of it, it's from this. It's from the 1950s, and from what I believe to be true, you know. I believe that the bananas have changed so much through, you know, uh, evolution-wise and just changing, you know, genetic-wise, that it's not the same flavor as modern bananas. What we're tasting is what bananas would have tasted back in the 50s. Well, I'm saying that an actual banana, I do not like the taste of. I mean, bananas are also one of my favorites. (laughs) How dare you betray... And for the longest time... For the longest time, strawberry. But lately, I've had, like, strawberry Dr. Pepper. Delicious. Strawberry Frosted Flakes. Amazing. And now this, like, strawberry lemonade-flavored Sprite that came out that is very good. So I'm like, maybe I look, didn't hate strawberry. <laughs> look, you know what's funny? Every fruit, from from the artificial to the real thing, I enjoy, except for one. And I love it as an artificial candy flavor. I do not like the actual fruit of it. One besides That's... grape? Well, no, I like actual grapes. Grapes are delicious. Oh, like okay. the artificial so you're just stuff, talking about I the artificial flavor. Yeah. Right? For me, I'm one for one where I like the artificial and the real thing. Besides banana, I don't like the candy banana taste. I don't yeah. like grape I artificial that. candy taste, except for Sprite, but I actually like real grapes. I like real bananas. I like, you know, pineapple flavor, pineapple, actual fruit, I like. The one thing I dislike that, I like the artificial and hate the fruit, I don't like watermelon. And that's such a, everyone that I know loves watermelon. And I've tried watermelon. Everyone's like, oh, but you haven't had a good watermelon. No matter what watermelon I get, it's nothing to me. I'm like, this has either zero to whatever flavor. And I just, I don't find it that appealing to me at all. I so, don't mind, like, eating watermelon, but the texture for me is, like, I don't like the texture. That's a factor as well, but sometimes the texture is fine. It's just I get no flavor. It's just, it's just nothing, or the flavor is just not there at all. It, it just doesn't yeah. do it for me. Don't tell me that this watermelon is delicious because I've tried them all. I've tried different times. It just never, ever changes my opinion on it. And another one is pear. I don't like actual pears. It's the texture. It's too like oh, yeah. starchy. Or, I don't like pears. I'd put pears in the same as the ones I don't like. Like even sparkling water that's pear flavored. I'm just like, like there's a peach pear Lacroix. I just pears fine as a flavor, it. but like actual fruit, I don't like it. Grapefruit's an underrated yeah. artificial flavor. It, tell me uh, oh grapefruit one, dude grapefruit yeah. is hands down the best flavor of like sour gummies the grapefruit like grapefruit, gummy bears and gummy worms hands down grapefruit is one of the best flavors of, of it. soda amazing yep, i think yep, um yep. squirt i think this is a a, a yep, west coast yep. thing 
It's only in Arizona. Yeah. That's where, not only Arizona. It started in Arizona. No, I've, I've gotten the grapefruit squirt here before. Uh, uh, no, no, no. But it's, it started in Arizona. So yeah. it's like on the West Coast. I don't know if it's on the East Coast. I'm not sure. But it is a West Coast thing, and that's grapefruit uh, flavor. And I think cac- no, Mountain Dew is grapefruit and lime soda. I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure. No wonder I like grapefruit. grapefruit yeah, so grapefruit and lime soda. Or maybe there's like a grapefruit like juice in there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't look at the ingredients list. <laughs> but like grapefruit flavor. Oh my god, it's so good. Sparkling water grapefruit, so delicious. Oh, <laughs> mate, you know something that is also like a West Coast thing? Cactus cooler. It's only yeah, dude, like a West I love Coast cactus thing. cooler. I love cactus actually cooler. cactus cooler is the most tropical thing ever, but it's so good. <laughs> it's delicious. I love cactus cooler. Yes, cactus cooler is very good. I was gonna say though, like, I just can't stand coconut though. Like, if there's coconut in a chocolate bar, uh, I get I'll a headache wait. instantly. Mm. Coconut water does slap sometimes, oh, and no, the coconut no, no. shavings is pretty fine. <laughs> uh, but the not actual for me. I can't handle coconut, that. I can't handle that. Oh, uh, like, nope, not for me. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I was just thinking about how I've been eating so many strawberry or consuming so many strawberry flavored things lately when i've traditionally been like no i don't really like like i don't like the strawberry fruit but the flavors of these things have been like real good (laughs) uh but i guess there are other things to talk about on this here video games podcast called markers on the map (laughs) yeah oh as always my name is daniel and i'm here with my good friend and co-host robert to whom the eternal question is always how you been? You know what? I have something different today. I am very tired, and it's just. I feel been like we. Very... I feel like we bring that one up for both of us a lot. <laughs> but like, not like, oh, you know, I'm a little. T-. No, I am tired. I'm just like, I want to sleep in so bad. Uh, it's pretty still early where we're at, so it's not like it was gonna make a difference. So might as well just save it for the big eight hours of sleep. Am I right? Yeah. We like to think we get eight hours of sleep. I have been tired myself. I'm I'm a little mm-hmm. more energized today. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see what what's been. Not much has been new. I'm kind of like doing a little better here. Oh, uh, mentally. <laughs> How could we forget? Like we had one of the craziest pickup weeks of all time. I guess just like kind of hanging out. Oh yeah, uh, we got. Uh, Jet Li's rise to honor for the PS2 sealed in this sealed. plastic. Yeah, it's sealed. I have uh, Donkey Kong Country 3 for the Super Nintendo, so I finally completed the trilogy set. Um, and then I know, I feel like there's something else we picked up, wasn't there? Well, I had a copy of Ridge Racer 5 from a few weeks That's what back it was. that we finally got to play, mm-hmm. which is amazing. <laughs> and well, I know you got a figure. That's I mean that's that's neither here or there. The figure I don't think the figure is pretty anything crazy. Yeah. But oh, I bought Midnight Suns a few weeks ago too. At, on that's sale, what it was. So I, I, have, I haven't else. played it yet. And then Fight mm-hmm. Crab came, but I haven't mm-hmm. opened it yet. Waiting for the opportune moment to play Fight Crab. <laughs> mm-hmm. Actually, um, I started playing Watch Dogs Legion yesterday. I'm not going to talk about it on this episode, but I'm actually very much enjoying it. I'm very surprised at how like not traditional ubisoft it feels so it's kind of taken me aback a little in in that regard um you can play as every npc in that game if you and like you they all have a recruitment mission and they all have like dialogue Uh and cutscenes. it's not like you're playing as like a npc that doesn't say anything they like interact and talk with each other i'm kind of impressed with it um but uh i did get spoiled on the story looking something up about a character earlier today mm-hmm. so i'm a little upset so uh, um but that's not going to be this episode this episode robert we got uh, a big game to talk about <laughs> the legend of zelda tears the kingdom you mean a legend of zelda nuts and bolts pretty much <laughs> that's what everyone on the internet <laughs> if you've is you've seen much any saying. twitter posts of yeah. tears of the kingdom it really is just like make a wild vehicle and just like set it to rampage against tyrol <laughs> or 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 against Koroks or some crazy contraption or stuff like that. Um, so it's been a kind of big couple of weeks for that game. It sold, let's see, 10 million copies in the first three days, which is basically Pokemon numbers, except Pokemon has Scarlet and Violet. So you could say that, yeah, Zelda probably outsold, you know, 
as as a product outsold both of them maybe if it was slightly underselling like underselling both of them together um so that's kind of big that's like insane actually to have 10 million copies of a video game sell in in three days but we're not here so much to talk about sales in our games portion as we are to talk about the game itself and if you've listened to this podcast or if this is your first episode you're you're hearing it's well known that i am not the biggest fan of breath of the wild now i mechanically it's awesome to travel around hyrule and to explore and to climb things that is really the only part of breath of the wild that i enjoyed um zelda's puzzles and dungeons have traditionally been very obtuse feeling to me personally it's not really what i go for so i've played most zelda games there are very few zelda games that i haven't played but i've finished very few of them because like even the first dungeon in some of these games are just so obtuse for me Mm -hmm. to where i just give up and the combat is never engaging enough for me the there's just something about the series as a whole that i've never really been on board for if Mm -hmm. i were to point to a more classic zelda that that i like it would be the switch remake of link's awakening which was originally a game boy game um now i found that one to be like enjoyable however Mm. i did have to use a guide for it because the way that the main quest works in that game is like that story where somebody needs something but they have something that somebody else needs and they have someone something that somebody else needs and so on Mm -hmm. and so forth to where you're just kind of going from person to person giving them little items that they need because they have something that someone else needs um Mm. so like I'm not a fan of having to play a game with a guide nearby. I find it to be like no, that's not almost. true. That's not true. You like Metroid Prime. I do, but I didn't like having to play with a guide next to me. See, but you would praise Metroid Prime, but like you did play with the guide though. That's why, honestly, I dropped Metroid Prime because of that. I was I was trying to get as far as I could, but I'll get back to it eventually. But what we need to do is what we did with Jurassic. For yeah, the Super that's Nintendo pretty much what we're gonna have to Metroid do Prime. because. I but I th- I'm gonna need to read the guide for you, and then you're gonna need to read it for me, so I can have an experience of that game without having to look at a guide every five seconds. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> we'll do that, and it's just like that's why I pretty much dropped it. And pretty much the whole point too is I don't think both of us enjoy having modern games. I would say anything Super Nintendo and lower kind of makes sense why they needed a guy. They're trying to prolong the rental or. Or whatever, you know, the, you know, people didn't finish a game within the, the day they bought it. It would take them weeks or months to finish it. But, like, yeah. modern games, like, even now, I don't think a guide should be a requirement to finish a game. I think every game should have an objective list and or, and or something on the actual game screen where it tells you where to go or a mini-map of some kind. And not just be amb- yeah. very ambiguous about it. Like, actually point at you the direction what you need to do. It feels like I use the guide a lot for navigating Bloodborne and Sekiro, but less so with Elden Ring because of the nature of how that game is. But still, for mm-hmm. the quests in Elden Ring, they were obtuse on a level worse than when than Zelda. So if you wanted certain quest lines to be completed, like Ronnie's quest, like I feel like a guide is almost necessary. But that's kind of the beauty of Breath of the Wild is that the traditional navigation around the world you don't need a guide for because it's so open-ended and there's just tons of adventures to be had on, on the overworld. It's just when you got to the Divine Beasts, it turned into Zelda puzzles. Or if you got to some of the shrines, I'm just like, dude, I cannot with this. I just need to look up a guide to, so I can get this thing so I can get an extra heart for Link or something like that. Not to mention the combat wasn't the greatest. It's a little messy. Weapons broke. It was not a great time but they did go on video games company did go on to make a a version of breath of the wild with only the stuff i like in it and it was called death stranding it came out for the playstation 4 in 2019 um that's like if you if you want like the the idea of everything that i like about breath of the wild Mm -hmm. play death stranding that is literally a version of breath of the wild that i like um Tears of the Kingdom, though, is from the get-go a little bit better in... So you know how last week we talked about Fallen Order and I said it does something better and something worse? Mm-hmm. Than, than like, Jedi Survivor does something yeah. better, something worse than Fallen Order? Well, Tears of the Kingdom 
only does things better than Breath of the Wild. And that's not just, like, combat and, and weapon durability and stuff. Like, the powers that Link has in Tears of the Kingdom, for what it's worth, in my opinion, mm-hmm. are better. Mm-hmm. So the game does start you on a tutorial island. It's not the Great Plateau this time, but you can visit the Great Plateau. Um, it's a great sky island. So it's this basically microcosm open world that you spend anywhere. I spent like three hours in it before I got to the to the main area. Um, and I can, I can already tell you I missed a bunch of stuff there, but it's really designed to like teach you the new powers. Um, the new powers in this game are Ultra Hand, which is a way for you to grab and combine pretty much anything that's like loose on the field from wooden planks to rocks, um, little like mechanical, they're called Zonai devices. They could be like a fan or something that shoots fire. You can like glue these things onto it. It's basically glue and you can glue things together. You can glue wheels onto things and make cars. You can glue hooks onto rails and wood onto those hooks and you can do a little pulley system like that. It's really intuitive. It's a little finicky in the control department because it's a game where you can literally start building anything. So like precision is important. So like Mm -hmm. you can really tweak these things. It's not like you're on a grid. It's not like you're building something on a grid. You can literally stick something to the corner of something tilted and it will stick that way. So you have to kind of like learn how like the controls are very complicated in this game. There's a lot of stuff to remember for, for a game, you know, that's like a Nintendo game is very mechanically complex. Mm -hmm. Um, but ultra hand is kind of the star of the show. It's also the power with the coolest name Uh, go figure. Then you have fuse, which Mm -hmm. allows you to take something in the field and fuse it to a weapon. And, this is where durability becomes less of an issue than it has been because you can really increase the durability of something by attaching something to it. And it can be anything. It can mm-hmm. be a rock. It could be a, a, a little sword that a Zonai creature drops. It can be a monster part. It can be a piece of food. It can be a rock, like like a, a like an ele- like a ruby, or and it'll turn it into like a fire sword. Um, so like all the main weapons, like the major weapons in the game are like degraded, um, for story reasons. So like the only way to make them good is to like, oh, let me put a rock on this sword and now I can start breaking down walls with this sword. Um, so that's pretty cool. The next power is probably the funniest one. Uh, Mm -hmm. so think about a 2D platformer like Kirby, Mario, or Donkey Kong. Um, Mm -hmm. like, I guess in this, in this case, Mario and Kirby would be like the better examples. So like when there's a platform above you, you can often jump up and be on top of that platform. You will land Mm -hmm. on top of that platform. So tears of the kingdom has a power called ascend, which is basically that if you're in a cave or you're underneath a platform, you can use ascend and link will basically dive in through the top of the platform and swim through like time space and then pop out at the top. I like to think that's what Kirby's doing when he goes from the bottom of one platform to another, like <laughs> swimming through time space. Um, it's a good way to get to like out of caves. Um, if you don't want to backtrack to the beginning or, you know, if you don't want to climb up, you can just use the ascendability. They, they use this a lot in the, in the like shrine puzzles that they have, which are a lot better in this game because of these new mechanics. Um, and then the last new power um, I know there's one I haven't unlocked yet. I know what it is. Um, I won't talk about it today. But the last one that you unlock on the main tutorial island is uh, Recall, which is the power to rewind an object. So sometimes there's little blocks that fall from the sky, and you're like, hmm, how do I get up to these sky islands? Well, let me stand on the block and use Recall. And that block will start shooting back up into the sky so you can Uh reach a sky island. Um, It's good for puzzle solving. It's one of my favorite puzzles that I did in the shrines is where, like, the hand ability would not let me reach far enough to get this hook on a a rail to the end. Mm -hmm. So I attached something to it, like a a, um, plank at the bottom or something, to make it, like, heavy. 
and it went to the end. And obviously you can't jump that far. So what I did was I used recall on it and or yeah, I used recall on it to bring it back and then I got on it. Sometimes the easiest solution really is the last thing on your mind to quote a famous YouTuber. <laughs> um Oh man. So like these powers work well for me. Like, for some reason, I'm feeling these powers um, more yeah. than the Breath of the Wild ones. Yeah, I'm really feeling them. They're, uh, like, my my favorite example of, like, me just coming up with my own solution in a shrine so far is there's one where you have to use, like, these stakes that come out of a wall to mm-hmm. bounce a ball, basically, onto a paddle that should flip it into a metal thing if you rewind the paddle um, to where it will go into the metal thing and shoot out into a hole. I could not get the placement of those stakes right. But I'm like, I wonder if I can use Ultra Hand on the ball and get it far enough to where it can land in the metal thing. Sure enough, I did. And then I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I could get up a little higher and then just glide over to the hole, grab the ball, and put it in right there. Well, Robert, that's exactly what I did. And that's why I like the powers in this game. Because if the obtuse Zelda puzzle is too frustrating for me, I can just brute force it or death stranding it until I get the desired outcome. At least from hearing it, it is good to hear that. At least it is a big enough upgrade of difference to be like, of course it may look the same, but you're saying it gameplay-wise, it does not. Like It is not one of those, oh, just replay breath of wild or wait it's just like no it is yeah the powers themselves are completely different so like there's not that one where you freeze something in time Mm -hmm. and then whack it and then launch it like there is in breath of the wild so you can't do those launches like that i mean clearly people can launch things with the machinery and drones and mechs that they've created um with the ultra hand ability or like these just insane cars that are like uh, every like just looking at my Twitter feed with all the mm-hmm. nuts things that people are coming up with, um, I'm like, I don't think I'll ever make something that nuts, but you never know. Um, it's possible. Um, but yeah, like in terms of like gameplay, it's really different because of the powers. Um, the world is almost the same. It's pretty much the same map. So like, as someone who hasn't picked up Breath of the Wild in about three plus years at this point, I don't remember anything about that map, so it feels fresh enough to me. Um, but they've also added Sky Islands, and there are tons of those, and those are a bit harder to reach, and those have little challenges and races on them too, and shrines are up there too. Mm-hmm. But there is also like a Hyrule-sized underground depth, and... It's really challenging because there's like a debuff in there where if you get hit by a certain like if you get hit by enemies or walk on certain like spaces of the area down there that's covered in this like goo, you'll Mm. lose a heart permanently until you get back up to the surface. So it's really something that's kind of like a challenge, like a dungeon challenge almost. And Mm -hmm. it's pitch black down there. So you have to go in the in the in the main game and collect little like seeds in caves that you can throw or shoot an arrow to light the path until you can find a spot where there's a big one underground um, that will light just a giant area for you. So Mm. it's kind of almost pitch black down there. So you have to be careful where you're walking because if you walk on some of that goo, you lose a heart permanently until you're back up. Um, It's also deep enough to where ascend won't work and you kind of have to fast travel out of there. But I was thinking about this the other day Stuff you get in caves will help you with the underground, and then stuff that you get in the sky will help you give more battery charge to your, like, vehicle stuff. Your fans and fire shooter things and time bombs and portable pots, stuff like that, the the Zonai devices. So, mm-hmm. like, each each area of the game has something that kind of helps with the rest, because I do believe that the underground part is where you unlock the final power which I know I said I probably wouldn't bring it up because I haven't gotten it yet, but I think it's the ability to just auto-craft things that you've made. Um, so if you, like, design something cool and you, you know, would rather have it wherever, I think that this is an ability that lets you just have that thing. Um, but yeah, like I said, the powers are great. The additions to just having regular high roll are great. Um, 
the skyline in particular towards the wind temple like getting to the wind temple took like two or three hours to the point where i thought that was it like mm-hmm. getting up there was the dungeon but then there was a dungeon up there that took less time than it took to get up there and had like a pretty spectacular boss which is something that like breath of the wild didn't have mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i'm not too far in it like it's funny to say i'm not too far in it because i've probably played like 10 or 12 hours but this is really a game where it's like it's going to either take me 100 hours to beat it or i'm just not going to beat it and i'm Mm -hmm. fine if i don't ever beat this as long as i'm having fun when i do play it because it's very daunting to just have all this stuff open for you to do you really can go anywhere like in breath of the wild you can Mm -hmm. you don't have to do the dungeons in order there's uh like 11 like tiers of the kingdom that you have to go around and fly around Mm -hmm. and like take a picture of or like find the the geoglyphs of around hyrule but there's like a little map guide that you take a picture of to do that it's a lot everything is huge everything is big um the combat is still not fun (laughs) (laughs) but the weapon the weapon fusing makes it at least a little more tolerable but I'm never going to be a fan of the combat where the weapons break. Even if you can make them really durable and strong and overpowered, they're still going to break eventually, and I don't mm. like that. Um, but overall, like I've I've enjoyed it more from the rip here than I did with Breath of the Wild six-plus years ago. Um, and I think it is definitely more worthy of its 10 out of 10s than Breath of the Wild was. Um because now I'm like, hmm, now I could think, what if Death Stranding had, like, the ability to make vehicles? What if Death Stranding 2 has the ability to make vehicles and contraptions? I would think that is really sick. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a, that's Tears of the Kingdom. Some early impressions. Mm-hmm. Um, Plot-wise, there's also a lot more going on here than Breath of the Wild. I, I'm a little more engaged with the characters and the plot in this one, whereas in Breath of the Wild, I found myself just skipping things because, like the game didn't do anything to make me care this time i feel like they're doing things to make me care from the very first cutscene. so like also pura is so awesome and yeah this game rocks <laughs> however beating it is no small task so <laughs> this is either gonna be a game i'll bring up from time to time for a, a long time or talk about for a few more weeks and then say oh final fantasy 16 is out time to go play another (laughs) another massive game (laughs) oh boy but yeah it's pretty good robert i I would say it's pretty good (laughs) all right uh one other thing that we have been playing recently Mm -hmm. is the triumphant return of our friends the fall guys the new season finally finally after what how long did i i want to say season three lasted it was longer than four months it was november to to may so like six months six months something like that yeah and they've kind of taken a different approach with this season now i don't think all future seasons will be like this but because the highlight of the season is the creative mode which we haven't tried yet um but like that's the highlight that what they did was the seasonal playlist is a bunch of new levels that they made in the creative mode that are smaller in scope uh-huh but they all are. have a very focused idea it feels very like approachable in a good way cuz like we've seen in season 2 and 3 of the free to play fall guys that the levels have gotten a really mechanically complex with things like star yes. chart mm-hmm. um to where this feels very classic Fall Guys in the best possible way. You're just running an obstacle course. Since race levels are the only thing you can do in the editor until they add more, these are all very quick and easy to wrap your head around stages, aside from some of the finals that have been popping up, which are a little more, like, not mechanically complex, but a little more daunting, a little more easy to fall off, or a little more brutal in checkpoint placement. But I've pretty i've like really enjoyed their approach to the new levels this season 
I think Fall Guys has always been fine when it comes to level design and everything and pretty much all that. It was always the battle passes and that was just rubbing me the wrong way since it's gone free to play. We've had this discussion in private multiple times. Maybe I've said it on the podcast, but I think the battle pass system is just one of those like, oh, here, great, here we go with another battle pass, 100 tiers to do this and that, blah, 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 challenges, dailies, whatever it may be. But it's just so much and it's still like I'm over with. But... With this season, they fixed it. They rectified. They're going to drop each new battle pass, but it's only 40 levels. And the challenges are very easy and simple. So you're not going to be spending three hours a day just to get two levels, or how many levels. You can get that done within 30 minutes. Yeah, um, the way it works this season is that the main battle pass will change about every 35 or so days. So they're planning on Mm. having three for this season. But the main pass is 40 levels. It goes up to 120, but everything after 40 is either a reskin or your free crown shard tier, kind of like what was past 100 in the past uh, three seasons. It only took me, like, what, 10 days to get to level 40? Yeah. And I just want the one recolor at level 50. Um, But, like, even even though I play more, like, last season, Mm -hmm. to do the challenges to make sure I got to level 200, I was spending... An hour and a half a day on Fall Guys just to do daily challenges. This time, it's easy enough to get them done in 20 minutes. Yeah, like I said, the challenges are, are half an hour. We used to spend hours just to get certain challenges done, but not anymore. It's yeah one of those things where I've, I've been over long battle passes, so I'm really glad that it's just short, sweet, easy challenges that you don't have to think about you just do them like if you're already going to play the game you're pretty much going to do the challenges regardless and you don't have to play six full shows because the one round like minute long stages that they add in every week the like simple stages count as a show so it's Mm -hmm. one round you can get your win out of the way easily with that and get your your weekly win done like off the bat with that you can do all your under a minute challenges with some of those at least in the two weeks that they've had so far and like I'm finding myself engaging, like, more positively with the game than, like, when Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, now I gotta go do my Fall Guys dailies for the day so I can make sure I get to level 200 for that, uh, the Admiral costume. It's like, now I don't really care about the level 120 costume. I care about the level 51, but Mm -hmm. I'm at 46 now, so I'm gonna have it either tomorrow or the next day. (laughs) But yeah, um, they've also kind of, so they're having three battle passes, so, like, each one does give you enough fame, or... Uh, show bucks to to get the next one so you're not having to you know buy costume packs or anything unless you decide to buy premium costumes like macho man randy savage (laughs) (laughs) which i just had to have um you you're you're not going to not be able to get the next fame pass and just quickly complete the first 40 tiers which is what's going to give you your show bucks um Mm -hmm. it also seems to me like titles and nameplates are not something that was in this battle pass so it's mostly just your regular Fall Guys cosmetics, whereas, like, you can pick up a cheap kudos-priced nameplate or or tag in the in the shop or as part of a bundle. But it doesn't seem like some of the bundles lately have had, you know, nameplates. But I'm sure they're, they're coming back. Um, but, yeah, I feel like, like, it's a return to, like, a classic feel for the series with this season. Because mm-hmm. while I liked Season 3... It really got taxing after a while with how much you had to continue to engage, engage, engage. And also the fact that it lasted almost half a year was like, I mean, that's that's too much mm-hmm. <laughs> without any kind of like they were recycling the, like the, the Lobstar costume. They mm-hmm. had two other events with variants for that. And I'm like, I cannot put myself through win a duos match, win a solo match, win two team match. I cannot put myself through that more than once a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but other than that, like, I, I, I really like this season. The, 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 the digital theme is cool. It's just nice to not be frustrated not, yeah. with... I like that. Yeah, As somebody who highlight. has absolutely no interest in, in any battle passes anymore, I still don't mind doing the Fall Guys battle pass, especially now that they've made it like super quick and fun as it is. Yeah, it's it's just nice to just sit back and actually just play it and not have to worry about much. Yeah. And that's the highlight of this of the season. 
it's it's definitely something that I missed in the first like season one of free to play I felt was similar to this but season two especially three because in two I didn't go for level 200 but in three I did and mm-hmm. that is not something I want to do again because all I did every day at night was play Fall Guys for an hour and a half to make sure all my dailies and weeklies were done for those like marathon challenge costumes and everything. I just had to make sure I did everything. You know what? I'm kind of glad that they're not doing that this season. <laughs> it's a major plus, honestly. Like I said, it's back yeah. to... I don't know. I've always had issues with Fall Guys going free to play. It's had its issues. I don't think I've enjoyed a season that much since it's gone free to play but this season's pretty much fine because it doesn't stress me out with like finishing a battle pass even going back to original fall guy season one two and three i believe those were all only 40 tiers as well and those were mm-hmm. pretty quick as well so i don't think they were as quick as this one and of course this one does have three battle passes but like if, if i finished in 10 days that gives me a good 25 days before the next <laughs> before the next one so it's like it's Pretty no big much, deal yeah. yeah um and at some point maybe we'll try the level editor do a markers on the map level no promises because well, i gotta yeah. learn the level i editor, don't know but <laughs> i'm sure it will be easier to make a level on fall guys than it is to make a game in game builder garage because i remember when i said i was going to do a markers on the map game in game builder garage and then i started making it and i was like there is no way <laughs> with all these little rubber bands and I'm like nope <laughs> anywho uh Robert before we get to a little bit of news how about we do our classic segment Pokemon Drip Diamond and Pearl this week we're looking at the seventh gym leader of Sinnoh Candice she's an ice type gym leader um Candice has like a she's got like a white button down shirt with a bow blue bow blue sweater blue and white socks brown skirt brown shoes ice type i think this is perfectly fine uh i like the shirt i like the bow uh the sweater it can be on or off and that's fine um i'm not feeling those socks i don't know what it is socks not feeling the shoes but I, like, I don't really feel the shoes either. I like the socks, but I'm not feeling the shoes. Maybe it's the shoes that aren't matching this, like, this not going with the full outfit, so it makes the socks look funny. You know I almost I mean? feel like the skirt and shoes could be a different color, and it might be better, like black I or think, something. No, I think the color's fine. I just think the shoes need to be a different design. And I mm. think you have a pretty nice outfit. But as is, it's it's pretty it's pretty drippy. I was, I'll give in the middle three. I think that'll be my fun. Because, yeah. like, I like the shirt. I like the colors. I like everything. Uh, it's obviously not the drippiest we've seen. We've seen some pretty good drip. Definitely but... not the drippiest, but, like, the sleeves feel very drip to me. They feel like... They look cool. The way that she has the sleeves is cool. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a 3.5 Bidoofs out of 5. I like this one. It's in the higher realm of Diamond and Pearl, which, I mean, isn't saying much as far as gym leader design goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they saved all the drip for the Elite Four, or at least one of them, at least the champion. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said a few weeks or a few episodes back, we won't be doing Elite Four for a while. We're doing gym leader drip right now. Um, but yeah, Candice, I give it three point five. You say you give it three. I think yeah, we're three. we're pretty close in the in the middle here with Candice. Um, next week will be our last gym leader for for Diamond and Pearl Wokner. Um, so already. he's the electric type gym leader. Yeah, it's already been eight weeks of Diamond and Pearl drip, or at least eight episodes where we've done it. <laughs> anyway. Before we wrap up for the week here, we have a couple little pieces of news. First, um, probably the biggest news is that Mortal Kombat 1 was announced. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. Not Mortal Kombat and not Mortal Kombat 2009. It's Mortal Kombat 1. So this is apparently a like reboot of the series. Probably, like, I've not played 11, but I'm imagining that... 11 could have still led to 1. Like, 11 could have led to a no, reboot. No, 1 is the continuation of 11, but it's it's so... I guess, spoilers, it is a fighting game story. It doesn't take that long to finish. So Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It probably could have led into 1, based yeah. on how it ended. Um, So, the world just pretty much gets reset. I'm not obviously going to say how, but it gets reset, and a certain character that we see in the Mortal Kombat 1 trailer, which 
maybe people have not seen the first one, so they don't know the 11th one either, so I won't say it. But if you've seen the trailer, you know which character I'm talking about. Basically, resets the world, and now is continuing a new timeline, but still the same established people from the franchise within the new universe, I guess. I feel like this is their chance to have a less convoluted plot, but... It's a fighting game, so <laughs> things tend to get convoluted in those very quickly. But um, mm-hmm. this this feels like it's a good jumping-on point for the series. Um, it does feel like they're shaking it up a little bit now with these cameo characters that are basically assists. They haven't shown any gameplay yet, but I'm assuming they will be showing some gameplay probably at a certain thing that's happening the day this episode goes up. I guess I guess what it is is a nine two thousand nine was a still continuation of the original Midway series. And I think what was it? Apocalypse, Deception or whichever the last one was before 9. Before not not DC versus Mortal Kombat. It was like Yeah. Armageddon. It was Armageddon I think it was. So it is a continuation of that. And they re they rebooted to, to to retell the stories of 1, 2 and 3 in one game. Then they continue with with X with 11. Which, in my opinion, if we go that timeline-wise, original timeline, midway timeline, I don't know, you can, you know, I don't have an opinion on debating on that. I haven't played all of them, so I can't say which one's the better ones or whatever. I can say from the new NetherRealm second timeline, I think X was the funnest Mortal Kombat DLC story and just, like, hypeness of it-wise. Eleven was fine. Eleven still has, obviously... If people can probably guess, I've said it enough times on this episode, on every like other episode, or just this podcast in general. You like you can listen to it or in the early episodes. There's a certain character that I really like. It's an eleven, and I hope that maybe they bring him back and just have him as a standard base guest character. And obviously, you, I said it's a guest character, so I can pretty much you know point it down to the guest characters. Um, yeah, I also think eleven is like so over the top to where it's almost uncomfortable and 10 had a, like a good balance of not 10 was so over yeah the top not to where going it too far it was i never heard that from 10 i've heard it from 11 but hopefully with one this new timeline what i what i'm guessing is netherrealm did take over during nine it's a new studio so let's say let's soft reboot it to see where we're at I think they got comfortable enough, and the studio who owns them, Warner Brother, NetherRealm Games, whoever it may be, you know, Warner Brother Games, they see that, okay, they're actually making decent, actual playable fighting is that people are going to want to play at actual tournaments and, and buy the DLC for. Now, maybe with a little bit more control of freedom and that the, the trust in the company within the new studio, they're like, okay, let's reboot it. And we can start with a fresh new timeline and we can, you know, iron out the mistakes we made early on when we're a fresh new studio. It just strikes me as like they're trying to get people on board, but Mm -hmm. I don't know how I feel about assists. I didn't know how I feel about assists in other games. See, the the way you don't feel about assists is because I keep beating you up in (laughs) MVC2. But here's the thing. What is someone's favorite character? is just an assist because the assist characters in Mortal Kombat 1 are different from the player characters. I uh, I think they'll probably go with you know 9 had tag uh team. Yeah. And I think MVC2 is assist but it's still a tag. Hopefully it's MVC2. But what I'm saying is the cameo characters have... are separate from the the roster. They are not I... the same characters. You don't you don't well, pick Scorpion as your cameo character. Hopefully they don't do that route because I would rather do it be nine. No, that is the route. That is the route. The cameo characters are not the playable character. That might upset some people if they're really if there's some cameo. That's what I'm saying. Uh, So I just want to see more from this game. I want to see how it works. And like I said, the PlayStation showcase is happening the, the the day this episode goes up. I want to see some gameplay of this, even if it's just one match with the cameo characters on. I want to see how this game works we'll see we'll we'll just give it a look uh i'm probably won't i'm not much of a mortal Kombat. i do play it quite often it was interesting from from for me 9 10 and 11 11 only really interests me because of the certain guest character and i think with street fighter 6 and i'm more comfortable with that now and i grew up more on street fighter realistically like i play street fighter 2 on the Super Nintendo way more than I ever played a Mortal Kombat game. It's like, yeah. I'm going to stay on this uh, Six Fighter Six route. Yeah. This this will be a Street Fighter Six podcast in a couple weeks here, too. <laughs> oh. 
Um, oh, think of, talk about the games Tekken 8, Mortal Kombat 1. And Street Fighter 6. Street Fighter 6. All dropping, like, then and Budokai then. <laughs> Tekken 4. They're oh, all yeah, but that what a time. That's the that's the more like oh let's just go like completely wild with the game like. But whereas think of, like, the Street Fighter so esports focused. Yes, happening. we're in that timeline. Uh that's a good timeline for fighting game fans. Um, couple other little things we have here this week though. Before we wrap up, Super Mario Bros. Advance one through three are coming to Switch Online. A couple days after this episode goes up actually Mm -hmm. um so if you want to play mario bros 2 the u.s version with voice acting and vivid colors go ahead and play super mario advance it's one of the first game boy advance games i ever played mario world for the game boy advance is great yoshi's island is also great and then mario bros 3 the fourth super mario advance is already on there with those e-reader levels um something i wanted to bring up before we talked about old overwatch 2 um was vampire blood hunt now i know you were never interested in this game and we bashed this game a lot and then i played it and i thought it was cool but it was a battle mm-hmm. royale so you know how i feel about battle royales mm-hmm. it's ending development i just want to highlight this because yes these live services end development this quick because they cannot retain a player base because like you had good mechanics in this game you didn't have to make it a battle royale Mm-hmm. You could have made a great game based off this world with shooter mechanics. It's like these live services cannot, most of them cannot retain. It's like Splitgate. <laughs> it's games that were, have been in development for five years of stuff that was popular five years ago. That's what it is. We established it, yeah. that that's our theory with, with these type of games. Yeah, like Suicide Squad being a live service-esque or mm-hmm. games as a service-esque because it's been in development for so long. To where now people are like, ah, I don't know. But, but like games like Blood Hunt and Splitgate, it's like, yes, if you can't keep the player base going that long, I really, it's upsetting to hear that games like this in development or like the Square Enix live services, Babylon's Fall, or even mm-hmm. Anthem. It's like, well, yes, when you can't retain people playing the game because you've put so much focus into the service element and not the game element, that's a sad state of games. Mm-hmm. And now we get to piggyback off that with, oh, Robert, you remember when Overwatch 2 was supposed to have a PvE campaign with, like, leveling up characters, like, say, I don't know, Tracer? Yeah, I mean, that was a whole, fo- like, focus of Overwatch 2, and that was the whole... Yeah, you, you know the reason why they had to P- take yeah. away Overwatch and put Overwatch PvE. 2, like, t- yeah. PvE? We cannot yeah. go back and play the original Overwatch, Will, you know, because, like, oh, Overwatch 2 would take over that with both type of games, you know? Uh, you can break the, you can be the bearer of bad news. Oh, that's canceled. Completely scrapped. It was taken to the junkyard, put into the shredder, and now it's scrap metal, and it just, they're not doing it. Um, and as person, as a person who played Overwatch one, and has played Overwatch two, I will be on the ladder of I think Overwatch one was a much more fun PvP experience than Overwatch two so far. Uh, obviously, I can't go back and play Overwatch 1. I don't know why they just didn't keep both. Or a mode that's called Overwatch 1 mode on Overwatch 2 for people who really like Overwatch 1. I don't mind the changes to PvP. However, what I wanted was this PvE mode. Because I don't really like playing Overwatch PvP all that much. But I do like the world and the characters, and I would have loved to level up my Tracer... I'm pretty much on the boat of this is a game that no longer has a pretty big fan base and player base because I've completely dropped Overwatch 2 from like a weekly game to uh, get on and play a couple rounds. I will not play it solo. I don't know if I even would willingly play it with a friend because it's just like I don't care for Overwatch 2 at all. It's... Hey man, when the new season of Overwatch 2 comes out, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to boot up Street Fighter 6. I'm going to boot up Street Fighter 6. <laughs> yeah, um, Overwatch 2, just call it Overwatch. There is no reason to call it 2. It's just, hey, Overwatch with a big patch update. That's what it is. Now, I was on a forum reading post the other day, and somebody did the math. If you grinded out all the like challenges since Overwatch 2 launched, then this past week you'd finally have enough in-game currency from doing all the challenges to buy yourself one legendary costume. 
in Overwatch 1, you just either had to get a really lucky chance in the loot box or collect enough coins to buy it, and it didn't take that long. It took a, like a week, a season, two weeks, whatever it may be. I'm I'm not liking this. I'm not liking this Overwatch 2. I'm telling you, I've dropped Overwatch 2 <laughs> completely from my playlist. I, and, you know, it may be your one player. It could start off with one player. Every player can choose what they want to play. I'm not playing Overwatch 2. I'm, I'm, I'm not even with the friend, I'm not playing I've it. given up on it. I've just I've completely given up. given up on it. When you do unranked, it just takes forever to like get into a match nowadays anyway. I'm so done with Overwatch 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, last little quick good thing that I brought up a couple minutes ago. There's a PlayStation showcase. It is happening the day this episode goes up. That means that next week's episode will be about that PlayStation showcase. Robert, do you have one prediction for the PlayStation showcase that is not something like Spider-Man 2 that we know will be there? Um, Not really because every rumor and whatever I've ever read on any type of Nintendo or PlayStation showcase has never happened, so I just watch it and see what happens. I don't have any predictions. Well, I have one. <laughs> what is it? Uh, release date for Stellar Blade. <laughs> oh, probably that'll be fine. I think that that's is a that win. a safe is that a safe enough prediction? Safe bet. That's a to, win to think that we'll finally get a release date for that game that looks incredible. <laughs> we get th- we get that alone. That's a win. Anyway, out of my my like wild prediction though, Twisted Metal. They've got to do something with Twisted Metal, even if it's like a, even if it's a live service type game, because you know Sony got mm-hmm. all those live service type things in the works even if it's mm. like that it's twisted metal you know i'm i'm a hundred percent in plus they got that show coming out i think we're getting some twisted metal related goodness <laughs> but that's for next week's episode for right now would you say we've done this week's episode yeah i should wrap it up all right as always guys we want to thank you so much for listening please follow us on our twitter at markers on the map and listen to us on apple Podcasts, where you can leave a five-star rating of review subscribe download an episode or listen on google podcasts or spotify if that's your platform of choice and we do like to end every episode with a world famous video game quote and this week's quote you know ellie we really are the darksiders 2 definitive edition And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Later.